0: Episode 172 of Bella in Your Business. Hi there, I'm Bella Vaster from Jump Consulting. You might know me from CBS, NBC, Fox, Huffington Post, Entrepreneur, or maybe you've seen me speak on stage or read my book, The Four Dogs That Every Business Owner Needs. In any case, get ready because you're about to get your hashtag Bella butt kicking in this next episode of Bella in Your Business. So what do you say? Let's get ready and jump. Welcome to Bella in your business. My name is Bella Vasta, and today I've got a treat for you. Brian Kramer is with me and you guys may not know him, but I know that you're going to be a follower and a fan and in his groups, probably by the end of this 20 or 30 minutes, Brian, I first met him about a year ago and he was the most nicest and approachable guy, rightfully so, because he's actually started the H2H movement. What is that? Human to human. He's also a keynote speaker, a TED Talk speaker, a coach, the CEO of H2H Companies, a business performing coaching company. Brian, welcome to the show.
1: Wow. That was quite the intro. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. You deserve it. So what is this H2H? Like, let's just start from scratch, like start at ground zero here for our listeners who might be used to hearing like B2C and C2C and business to consumer. What is this H2H all about? Yeah,
1: we used to look at different ways of talking with our customers. So business-to-business, business, usually a professional services company or something of a high-end business nature, any kind of business, really, versus you know, business consumer or consumer-to-consumer, consumer, like a consumer product. However we speak, at the end of the day, we're all speaking to the same customer. We're all the same people, and we all buy in the same way. We all have the same... Things that move us, that bring us to different levels of emotion, and it doesn't matter what it is that you're selling, it's how we feel. And we really uniquely are human in the way that we talk to each other, and the more human that we are, the more likely we are to trust each other. So it really is that. Now, where it started was when social media, when I first presented it, it was when social media was on the cusp of being started. And now it's grown because now we're on the cusp of AI and machine learning and virtual reality and augmented reality and the list goes on. So the definition or the reason for why I originally was speaking about it was that everybody had access to the customer. You can get onto Twitter and you could talk to anybody at the time. And that's still the same, but now it's table stakes. Now it's like, yeah, of course you can do that. Now we live in a land of automation. And so how do you tell the humans from the automated everything? And so that's kind of where I'm more focused
0: now. I love it. So I know that a lot of people have heard of the H2H because I talk about it a lot, but I've never actually explained it. And so I'm so glad to have you on here to do that. Brian, when we were in Lima, Ohio for Social Media Week Lima, you did something that is very risky as a speaker. And I want to use that as an example and a segue into talking with the machines and humans and transcribe that into that. Because I kind of feel like, and I want you to elaborate on this, that we can't really figure out how to work with the machines if we don't even know who we are as a person, I think. So what Brian did, you guys, is he called up two different people on the stage. So the heck with the slides. you know, He started off with the slides, but then the heck with the slides. And he pulled two business owners up out of the audience separately. And what developed was this divine deepness that truly moved a lot of the audience. So that's an amazing testimonial for you as a speaker and being able to literally connect to the room of 400 people (laughs) that way. But tell us a little bit about that exercise and how maybe a listener could kind of walk themselves through it a little bit. Yeah, sure.
1: To that point, that was, you never know what you're going to get when you pull people up. And I was asked if people were set up to do that. And The two people that came up were not. I did talk to a couple of people beforehand that if no one raised their hands, I'm pulling you up. But (laughs) we had enough hands across the place that it was like, okay, now it's just, I just pray that, you know, they're coming up and they're going to be good. But everybody really at the end of the day is good. And you kind of have to believe that everyone is creative, resourceful, and whole. And what we're all looking for in the world, which is where I was pointing at in both of those exercises is really toward our why or our purpose or why, as Simon Sinek always says it, or our our purpose really in life. Like what is that one thing that really sparks us, that really gives us joy? And when you find it, it's like everything else becomes easier, not easy, but easier. And you just look at things like, wow, why can't I do that? Why shouldn't I be able to do that? Oh my God, I'm going to do that now. This is so fun. It's so exciting. Like, and a lot of times we get stuck With the how and we're not sure exactly where to go or what to do or how i mean i don't have enough money or i don't have enough things or i don't i'm never going to be able to do that i have to get past this thing first And we're looking at all these big mountains and instead what we should be looking at is like the little blocks the little lego blocks that build up on top of each other that gets to the top of the mountain and so that's kind of what i was doing with those two awesome people that came up and we're working on live there as you mentioned on their purpose And discovering what their purpose was in front of everybody. And so I was really just intensely listening to what they were saying, trying to get them to focus in on me and not pay attention to the audience and really get outside of their body and really focus on that. Because when you do that, when you get out of your body... And you start looking at what focuses on the things that really bring a smile to your face. And when you can do that and do that over and over again and know what to look for, then man, it just, it changes your life.
0: It makes the tougher times easier because you have that focus. What I loved is, and you guys, I will... Once the recording is posted, I'm going to actually post it in the show notes so that those who are listening who are intrigued can actually watch it. But the first gal that you brought up, Sarah, it was interesting. And I think our listeners would really connect with this because her answers to you a lot of the time were about other people. It was outwardly. It was because of her daughter. It was because of outside things. And it was magnificent the way that you kept pointing it back into her and making her, like you said, out-of-body experience kind of reflect on herself. And I think that as dog walkers and pet sitters, they're all like a caretaker heart and they do give up self a lot for clients, four-legged and two-legged. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just really powerful. Now, Brian, how does knowing ourselves help us with our business and then essentially kind of also keep up this whole fast pace of all this technology that's coming in. I mean, I remember two years ago, social media marketing world, they were talking about chatbots and this AI and oh my gosh. And I, I went live and I was like, this is amazing. They talk to you. And now I have one. Like, I just can't believe how fast things are moving. So how does this play into how we accept it as a consumer or promote it as a business owner? Like, Let's just talk about that.
1: I think the question is, how do we remain human in a technologically advanced, fast-paced, fast-moving
0: world? Thank you. That's exactly what I was trying to get at. And then how do
1: we stay human? First and foremost, a lot of people I see or work with, they're looking to use tools as fast as they can. And I'm an advocate of that, to try everything and you know, do that. But so often, it peters out. It doesn't sustain itself. There are people that are really, really focused on just one thing at a time. And they're really good at it. You know, it's kind of like our brain. That's how we are. When you use like too many tools or too many things, unless you're upfront actually figuring out what your purpose is, but also how are you going to serve people? What's your true joy? And then what are the three things around your purpose, like your inspiration, your vision, and your innovation? So they should be equally served. It should be inspiration and vision just as much as your innovation. And a lot of times people will put too much emphasis on innovation, and not look for the inspiration or the vision. And so you really have to bring those three things together. And when you're looking at all three and you're focused in all three, that's when your purpose becomes truly aligned. So you don't really have to focus on your purpose. You focus on those three things, and then your purpose comes into into effect. And to get back to your question about how do you remain human in this technology world, it's to make sure that you're constantly inspiring with vision. So if you're not doing those two things, you're just looking at, again, the tools, well, you're going to probably end up burning yourself out or you're going to end up losing your audience because you're focused too much on that one
0: thing. Yeah. And so you can see that kind of come across in social media, right? Like when people are posting on their business Facebook page or like what kind of things they're talking about or what kind of stories they're telling or not telling, or maybe just regurgitating what someone else said. And it's not really their own thought leadership, if you will. So then they just kind of blend into the background.
1: Yeah. Totally great point. As humans, we share differently. When you and I are in person, we're multidimensional. We share like our happiness, our sadness, our joy, our surprise, our anger, all the different emotions that float through us as humans are who we truly are. And when we get onto social media, we tend to not be that. We tend to lean to one of those things and do it consistently, which is not actually who we are. So if we could take our emotions, our different levels of emotions, and then share them. You know, it's kind of like if you're familiar with photography, a photographer takes a picture, and the picture is most interesting when it's taken in thirds. So if the picture's off to the left or off to the right, it's a little more interesting. If it's just in the center every time, it's the same shot. And, you know, those are the shots that make us kind of go, ooh, what's that? So we want to divide our social media, just to that example, into thirds. You know, a third about me, a third about other people, and a third about tips or news. But a third is how we actually share in real life. We don't just share all about ourselves, or that would be egotistical. Maybe some people do, but that's not who we should be. And so all of these things are the ways that we share offline. So why not show them exactly that way online too?
0: That's fascinating. There's so much stuff. I know that my assistant who writes my show notes is going to be scribbling the entire time. <laughs> how can we find out what traits we innately have and how can we transfer those traits into our business? So we talked about you know how to like focus on those other three things and our passion will just come out. But then like, how do we actually marry that with our brand, with our company?
1: There are different types of sharers. So not everybody is uniquely the same in the way that we all share. And so when we ask people to share, like, especially within a company, and you go to somebody who is an introvert and you're asking them to share, good luck with that. You want to make the ask of the right person. Uh If you're asking the wrong person to do something unique within like social media, you want to fit that right person. So that's the first thing. Two is that everybody shares in their own way. So I've actually worked with the New York Times study on sharing when I wrote my second book on the six categories of sharers. So you can divide your whole company up into these types of shares and then make sure that you're actually asking people to do what fits them. And then they're most likely going to go do that because that feels comfortable for them. So the the six really are the altruist, who's a heart sharer, the early adopter who loves to learn as soon as possible, and then share something out, the connector who loves to connect two or more people together, the careerist who loves to share thought leadership, and the boomerang who likes to ask lots of questions, or the selective who actually doesn't like to share publicly at all, that's your introvert. And that's the person who would rather share privately. So if you look at each person in those different categories, and then start to match them in or really give them the assignment that works best for them, then you'll see an uplift of people wanting to be involved.
0: So I'm writing down the boomerang and the introvert. The boomerang was the one that you said asked lots of questions. Yeah. That's kind of fantastic because I hear a lot of my clients that are just, oh my God, I can't believe they're asking me this or I had this this week, you know, I tried to give someone this, they wanted more money. So I told them this is how they could market. And I thought that they would really like that. I'm like, well, they might not be motivated by that or they might not like, you know what I mean? So it's, it's really interesting because there's also, there's so many topics with you, but it also floats into leadership and it's it's understanding your people and executing and emphasizing their strengths and don't try to like fit a square into a circle, basically, right? Yeah. What's the name of that book again? It's
1: not, it's actually a research study oh, in, in, uh, that New York Times did and I adapted it actually into an algorithm and I can share that with you now or you can do it in the notes and have people take it. I've had 30,000 people take it. and Share it, that would be awesome. Yeah, so if you go to BrianCramer.com. And that's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K.com forward slash personal brand quiz. Once you take it, it shows you exactly which type you are. The type that you are is taking into account how you're feeling today. So tomorrow you could feel differently and you could be a boomerang. Today you could be an early adopter. So it really depends. You can get yourself in the mindset of different and become different things. It's just the one that you lean towards the most.
0: How long is the test? Like how long will it take?
1: 30 to? seconds. Uh, 30 seconds? seconds? Yeah, there's only like four or five multiple choice questions.
0: That might be kind of fun to give to our staff, like just as like a, hey, take this, tell me what your results are. And
1: comparing and seeing how you all work together when comparing those different things and making sure that a selective isn't doing one thing versus, and you'll see the definitions on the page that you go to and it'll tell you exactly what they're supposed to be doing. What is the best fit for that role?
0: And even if we can't necessarily put everyone in a permanent lane, like you were saying, it depends on the day. It's definitely some real interesting stuff to ponder just to kind of like keep in the back of your mind when you are interacting or interviewing or coaching your staff. Totally. I adore you because you're just like this encyclopedia of value bombs. Everyone always says that, but it's true. I mean, it's nuts. You're the best. Thank you so much. So, I could take this so many different ways, but one thing that I did want to ask you before I let you go is I know you also do a lot of talking on body language and sales and people being afraid of it. And as pet sitters and dog walkers, our audience, oftentimes a lead comes in, they sign up with us, and then ourselves or the staff members are going into the home meeting with the person face-to-face, getting their key, meeting their dog. And I know that's always one really hard thing as the owner of a business, a leader to kind of like help train other people on it because it's really the only time, Brian, that we ever see our client face-to-face because then we're just always seeing their dog. They're always out of town or at work. So like what would be helpful for us in terms of body language and sales and making that impression for our business and how we can lead and train up our staff to be the best they can be and represent our company the best way. I
1: love that. And it could be an entire podcast on that one question. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) but I'll try to give you the shorter version of the answer that I would help people or coach people on, which is how we first meet each other and what we do to get more intimate with each other is super important. So what I see missing is intimacy. I think I mentioned that in Lima. It's really like I see it as into me you see.
0: I wrote that down on my notes when you did that. And I almost actually put it in my slide deck into me, you see guys, did you get that? Say it again, Brian
1: into me, you see for intimacy. And it's oftentimes we're guarded and we're holding up and we're going through just like the business. Like, this is what I do. This is how I do it. This is what, and that's not who, especially in your industry where you're dealing with an emotional family member. And I've got one here. I mean, we are all about our dog. And so like, she's either our daughter or their sister, and this is a family member. So, you know, this is a really big deal And the intimacy that you create is really super important. Taking that to the next step is really looking past what are the typical things, but really getting more intimate means making more agreements with that person. And oftentimes we try to cookie cutter our business and say, you know, this is how I do it. This is the way I do it. And this is the days I do it. But these are little emotional creatures that have dietary changes and times of days, they do certain things. And I mean, there's so many different radical differences between humans and animals that it's not cookie cutter, because otherwise, we would all be rich and know exactly how to do everything. And so I think getting agreements in place and an agreement looks like actually asking a lot of questions first before you talk. And it's not that you're trying to make a sale, it's that you're trying to understand and serve the animal at the best place possible. So that you can be as intimate with that animal as possible. So how can I really understand the idiosyncrasies of this family member? And everything I'm saying here is the same thing with humans. How do I get more intimate? And then by doing that, what are the agreements that I can make to make sure that we are in alignment for how I can best serve your animal or your person? When you go through it that direction, it's so much more serving and less selling.
0: What does an agreement look like, Brian? Is it like, okay, sure, I'll come and I'll make sure that Fluffy goes into the playpen before bed? What does that look like?
1: We can make an agreement around anything. So an agreement is where we look at something and agree to make that thing happen between the two of us, or I agree, we'll agree to make sure that that happens. And oftentimes agreements are broken because we're human. And then there's assumptions made, which is a whole nother podcast about why did you break that agreement? And so what do we do with that? Right? Why didn't you email me? Why didn't you call me? Why didn't you tell me that happened? Why didn't you? And so all those things start to become assumptions in our head, for why did that person not tell me or why did they even break the agreement? So agreements only get better the longer you work with that person and get better at agreements. An agreement, what it looks like to answer your question is where you bring something up transparently and say, this is something that I really need. Would you agree to do that? Now, the other person has the right to say, no, I actually can't agree to do that that way. What I think I can agree to is to do it twice a week, not four times a week because of the ability of what I can do. And that person says, okay, I'm okay with the two times a week. Do you think that you could email me once a week and let me know that that's happened? Yeah, that's no problem. I can do that on Fridays. Great. Now, one of those things may not happen. So the agreement that we might make is if that doesn't happen, how can I best support you or communicate that with you? Because remember, there's a chance the communication will fall down. So in two weeks, I need to know what the avenue is for how I can communicate that with you in the future if that happens. So what you're doing is you're building the length of this relationship, 6, 12 months, 2 years, 5 years, 10 years down, on how to communicate with each other. An agreement is not just an agreement that should be made on how we should structure our practice. It's how should we communicate with each other. And that's where you just keep clients for life because you're learning how to talk with each other.
0: Is that different than expectations or the same thing?
1: expectations are wrapped into there. So an expectation is not necessarily an agreement because the other person didn't really say, okay, I'm good with that. An expectation is a one-way direction.
0: Mm, That's good. That's so good. And to go back a little bit then, that's kind of why it's really important to ask all those open-ended questions because you get them talking and you understand. So if you're going to create an agreement after that, you can almost use their own words or their own requests that they made, therefore making them feel like you're hearing them and that they're being heard and then they're excited to agree to it. You get an easy win and an easy yes and it just kind of starts snowballing, I imagine.
1: There you go. You're getting it, yeah. I mean, it just really gets better over time the more that you practice it.
0: You guys, if we can teach our staff how not to just go in there and act like a robot and realize that we are actually a human talking to a human, see how this all comes full circle, guys? Then we can even be that much more effective and confident sending in any staff member to consultations. Ooh, that's exciting, you guys. There's some people out there still, Brian, that as the owner of the company, even though they've got like 10 staff members, they are terrified to let anybody else do it. So they're doing all these consultations. Mm-hmm. I give them all the power. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I would get really tired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know we went everywhere today, but is there anything in closing that you want to leave our listeners with?
1: I'll leave with a tip on that last thing that you just said. How do you get away from not delegating and trusting, which really it comes down to trusting yourself, not others is really the challenge there. And I would recommend to get past that to actually sit down at a table and practice. Practice making agreements with each other first before you go out. So make an agreement with your staff one-to-one sit them down and start making agreements with each other and say, we're going to practice making agreements here. And then I want you to now go out and do that with others. And if they pass, meaning they're able to convince you that they can see the value of agreeing to things just with you within your own business, yeah. now they can turn around and do the same thing because the formula is exactly the same. It's yeah. just the communication pattern that you're generating over and over and over again. So sit down with others literally around the table and do this with people in your own business first and then let them go. Let them go try it. Like yeah, a that-
0: meeting, like staff meeting that like you can kind of just talk and discuss and role play and... Everyone's always looking for new topics to talk about at staff meetings, so. Good. Yeah, pair off and and get into
1: twos and then bring it back. The learning is in the discussion and the debrief. So uh, pair off, go have some agreements, bring them back to the table and then as a bigger group, discuss what happened, what came out of it? What did you discover? Like it was their learnings that we can all share with the group that gets them to be able to say, wow, this is I didn't get that from that, but I could see where that might come in. Cause that's really where the richness is.
0: Okay, you guys, pause it and rewind 15 seconds on your podcast player and write down the questions you just said. (laughs) That's a great way to facilitate it. I love it. Brian, I could talk to you for days and days and days, but I do want to keep my promise, my agreement with my listeners to keep it to a certain length. So thank you so much for joining us today. You guys go check out Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. Take that personality test. And Brian, do you want to tell us about your Facebook group or any yeah, other sure. ways to connect with you?
1: Yeah, we've got uh, just under 3,000 people of absolutely wonderful humans talking about this stuff, leadership and marketing. I think you're in there as well. Yeah. And um, it's the H2HHub.com. So it's h number 2 h and then H-U-B. So it's two H's in the center there. h 2 hub.com. And that'll take you to the Facebook group. And as long as you're a human, you will probably get accepted into the group. (laughs) Um, And we're talking about all these things. There's activities happening every day by one of the moderators. And we're basically talking about exactly what I just talked about here, plus more. So I definitely encourage people to get in there and have some fun.
0: I love it. And I do too. So if you guys want to continue this conversation go on over to h2hhub.com and you will go straight to the group. Brian Kramer, thank you so much for your time today. It's been amazing, you guys. If you've liked this episode, go ahead and share it out. Or if you're really daring, go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or anywhere you listen. And remember, when life gets you down, always keep jumping.